this type of cancer was going to metastasize to the lungs next. And um, that was already in progress. And so the miracle actually happened in the surgery. They were only planning to take out the one kidney. And then in the middle of the surgery, the surgeon had an impression that he should just check the other kidney. And had they not, they had already grown so much that it would have gone straight to the lungs and they would have closed me up and not known. And after that, it's, you're done. I started asking people, would you raise your hand if you want a miracle? Well, all of them did. Then I said, well, do you think America needs a miracle? And what astounded me is that everybody stood up. They didn't even raise one hand or two hands. They literally physically stood up. I said, wow, we really need miracles in the world. And then I started writing to it. I thought, what do we got to do to get people into a miracle mindset? Welcome back to the Charisma Connection. And this is Steve Green. This is an episode about miracles. We're going to be interviewing Lisa Dean and Mark Victor Hansen, and both have differing views, I mean, personal views about miracles. And I think your definition of miracles will be broadened. I think you're going to learn a lot in these two interviews. And I'll begin this Charisma podcast just after this break. We'll be back with Lisa Dean. Stay tuned. The following podcast is brought to you by OneCallNow.com. OneCallNow is an easy-to-use cloud-based communication service that helps churches grow and engages their congregations through group voice, text, and email notifications. When you need to send a message to a group of people, OneCallNow can help you do it. Send voice, text, and email messages to your group with one click or call. So sign up for a free trial or request pricing to get started today. Would you do that for these great supporters of this podcast? It's onecallnow.com. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome back to Charisma Connections. I'm with Lisa Dean. Lisa, first, uh, welcome to the studio. This is your first podcast? Yes, it is. Well, great. Tell me a little bit about Christian Life Missions and your job with that ministry. Uh, my job is a wonderful position uh, that is a godsend. Uh, I get to help people every single day. Um, basically, Christian Life Missions has been established since 1956 as the giving arm of what was Charisma Magazine, formerly known as Christian Life Magazine. And uh, it's a wonderful organization. Uh, we've been giving to missions and ministry organizations for years and years. And so part of my job is to promote that organization to an audience that has not been aware of it in the past uh, because we've kind of laid low for a while. But uh, I think now there's a, a real big push, especially with the end times, to see the gospel uh, spread throughout the world. And so Christian Life Missions is definitely heading up that cause, I would say. You've had a long journey. You've done <laughs> some fun things, some exciting things have happened to you. Yes. You want to tell us about some of those wins you've had in your career? Uh, recently, we, we set a goal to raise $100,000 for the Mordecai Project, and it's headed up. Actually, the founder and the president is Mr. J. Lee Grady. He's the former editor of Charisma Magazine, and the Lord launched him out into ministry uh, in, the, in the last few years. Some of you may be aware of that. And uh, he started the Mordecai Project through a, 
an amazing encounter with the Lord um, and an experience where the Lord really helped him champion the cause of women. So if you're not familiar with the Mordecai Project, please look it up. But uh, basically, it is confronting abuse and empowering women. And uh, he's done an amazing job with that. And so the Lord actually blessed that ministry hugely um, with a single $100,000 check, um, which met the goal. And then, of course, we had givers uh, like many of you that may even be listening that have given another over $100,000. And so we've had to push the goal to almost 250000 now. Okay, so you've had some personal wins that I really oh. want to talk about. <laughs> Tell me about some of the things in your career before we get back to your childhood some of the wins that you had that might be significant after you tell your story? Oh, sure. Uh, well, in the last few years, I was privileged enough to get to travel to Washington, D.C. and lobby for the National Childhood Cancer Foundation. As a lobbyist, uh, I was able to help raise the very first funding for childhood cancer that was ever given federally. And um, it was a $150 million bill called the Conquer Childhood Cancer Act. And after about five to seven years of lobbying, having to go through reintroducing the bill, seeking um, earmarks, authorizations, uh, it is an amazing thing to be a part of. So I'm, I'm very privileged. So before that, oh. did you have some good things happen to you in college? <laughs> Maybe started in high school? I was fortunate enough to graduate from Rollins College debt-free. As a pianist, uh, the Lord blessed me with many, many scholarships. And in addition to that, I was able to share uh, and spread the awareness of childhood cancer through my platform as Miss Orlando. And I was also given many scholarships in those different pageants. But that's been quite a long time ago. I almost forgot. Thanks for reminding me. So you're a pageant survivor <laughs> as, as well as a cancer survivor. Yes, you could definitely say that. Well, sounds like two miracles to me. Mm. Lisa, real important question. Do you believe in miracles? Absolutely. Why? I was actually diagnosed with uh, stage four kidney cancer called Wilms tumor. And uh, it had reached both of my kidneys. And through a long series of events, going through all of the chemotherapy, quite a few operations, and being told there's nothing else that they could really do. You remember that? Yes. You remember uh, hearing doctors say there's nothing else we can do? I remember... The Make-A-Wish Foundation coming in, which did not come in back then unless you were at that point, and my mom pretty much chased them out of the room. <laughs> so you didn't get a wish? Uh, no, I did not. Um, she she said, no, my daughter's going to make it, and we don't need you, so get out, which was a little rude, but at the time, I'm, I'm you know realizing now uh, where her faith was at. I think she was very thankful to have received a word from the Lord and uh, really a worker from the Lord that mm -hmm. he... She was standing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So how did the miracle manifest? Through the many operations and the chemotherapy. So I believe in divine help, which is a very practical part of what can be a miracle. And then in the end, that woman that the Lord had sent to the hospital her daughter had been through cancer, and so she felt like the Lord had impressed on her to come that day and to encourage some people. And so she happened to encourage my family and I, and my mom said it was the first time that she'd heard it was ever possible for something like this to happen. And so... Um, why couldn't a kidney transplant work for you? Probably because this type of cancer was going to metastasize to the lungs next, mm -hmm. and that was already in progress. And so the miracle actually happened in the surgery that was supposed to be a four-hour surgery, and it turned into an eight-hour surgery because 
they were only planning to take out the one kidney. And then in the middle of the surgery, and I believe this is due to the word that that woman's pastor got from God, he said to send people two by two to the hospital every hour around the clock for 48 hours before the surgery. And he said, and she will come out of that surgery and she'll make it after that. And it happened because in that surgery, the surgeon had an impression that he should just check the other kidney. And had they not, they had already grown so much that it would have gone straight to the lungs and they would have closed me up and not known. And after that, it's you're done. So, of course, anything's possible with God. But in my case, I was very thankful that they did. And they turned that four-hour surgery into eight-hour surgery. They found a fine capillary surgeon, which there was only a few of them in the country at the time. And there happened to be one in the building. It's just I'm really thankful that I'm here today. So tell me about what your parents told you about those few days. When did they realize the healing was effectual? There was a certain point when my mother, I remember distinctly, I remember waking up and um, she was out in the hall crying and I had had a very, a very vivid dream. And I found out later on that that was actually out of the book of Revelation. It was Revelation chapter 12 called The Woman and the Dragon. And uh, I was the child in the dream. And so basically I, the Lord used my little precious moments lion to speak to me and to show me that I was going to make it. And that lion came, and, and if you read that chapter, he rescues the woman and the child. And so I came out to my mom, and I, I told her, I said, Mom, I said, I'm okay. The lion came and saved me because she saw me crying in my sleep, and she was upset. And so I went out in the hall and told her that. And she said, when I said those words, she knew. She said, she's going to make it. And so tell me after the healing was known, Mm-hmm. and pronounced. The doctor said, you're clear, You're, she's going to make it. What did your mother say to you, your father? Did they give glory to God? Is it, What well, do you remember hearing about it? Well, I just remember constantly them always relying on God. I don't remember a specific ceremony because they were always worried that it was going to come back. Um, at, not my parents, the doctors. And so I actually had to go back until I was 18, 20, 21, something in there for um, checkups, and then I finally was able to sign a paper saying I never wanted to come back for another checkup again. Did you live in fear during that time? Uh, No. There was one attack in high school uh, where they thought that the cancer was back, and it it was pretty bad, but, you know, my parents knew what to do, and and they stood on the word, and they said, no, we're not having this. This is this is not happening, not not again. And they really prayed and believed. And, and the Lord spoke some things to me because I was a high school at that point um, and definitely able to hear him. And uh, he just encouraged us and, and told us what to do. And he's a good God and he's very clear. And, and I, don't, I don't think that healing has to be anything strange or mysterious like a lot of people make it. I just want to do one other thing. And I just feel this from the Lord as we're talking, sure. that there are people listening to this podcast right now that may be in in poor health. Mm. They may be battling a cancer. They may be having something. I want you to pray on this podcast sure. for healing. For anyone listening to this podcast right now that is once what you have, and that's a complete healing and mm-hmm. victory. And because of people who are listening to this podcast who I, I know are battling their own illness, I'd really like you to pray for them and claim mm-hmm. the same healing for them that you've received. Would you pray for those listeners? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, uh, We come boldly before your throne right now as you've instructed us to in your word in in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for what he did on the cross. And we thank you that healing is part 
of our covenant with you, Lord. And so I thank you that healing is available to every single person that wants to know. They want they want to call on you, Heavenly Father. And so I just thank you right now that uh, you said that no weapon formed against us would prosper. And so I pray that over these people that are listening right now, that they would receive that any weapon, anything that comes to steal, kill, or destroy from them, that it would it would be gone in Jesus' name. Yes. We call those things not. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that um, your presence can come and permeate their room, that you're perfecting the things that concern them, that you're perfecting every cell in their body and every fiber of their being. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you, you know the inner workings of a man's heart, and you said that the issues of life flow out of a man's heart. And so I thank you right now that as they, they give their hearts over to you, as they call out to you for help and for healing, Lord, that they know that you're right there to help them and that there's not a doubt in their mind. So I thank you, Heavenly Father, that right now it's done, that part of their heritage in the Lord is that they would condemn any, any tongue that rises up against them, Lord. Mm-hmm. So I thank you right now that as the voice of the enemy tries to come and tell them that that healing is not theirs, that they would say, no, I condemn that tongue in Jesus' name. I, I have healing because I am a child of God. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lisa. And I want to tell all of our listeners that Lisa didn't know that was coming. I didn't either. (laughs) It's something that just, uh, you know how the Lord works. And we believe that effectual ministry went forth uh, through this podcast and will continue for anyone who listens to it and has issues with their health. We just believe that our God is a healing God and we receive that healing now in the name of Jesus. Well, Lisa, Lisa Dean, thank you for joining the Charisma Podcast, particularly Charisma Connection, and you're holding your finger up. You've got something to say. There's just one scripture that just keeps coming to my mind, and I, it's been playing in my head for the last few days, and I really feel like it's for right now, and it's that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me and quickens my mortal body. And if you will just repeat those words, your body will be quickened to the healing of the Lord. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Steve Green with Lisa Dean. God bless you all, and thanks for listening. Well, I'm excited to welcome into the studio now Mark Victor Hansen. I'm so excited to be able to interview you, Mark. I've read your books for many years. But first, welcome to the studio and, and obviously studio by phone. Where are you now? I'm in uh, Newport Beach, California. We're, we're, I live where heaven meets paradise, I believe. You, you so. just had to tell me that, huh? I did, and it's a nice sunny day, and usually we've got June gloom going, but right now we've got a perfect weather. Well, I'm real happy for you. I hope you can hear the joy in my voice. I want to talk to you about Chicken Soup for the Soul just for a little bit. Did you ever have any idea when you wrote that book that it was going to do for you what it's done? You know, what we thought was, hey, look, the world's in deep doo-doo and deep hurt and soul is in pain. So we thought, well, what if we talk to, you know, Chicken Soup, everybody knows is what Grandma and Ma gave you to make you feel good when you feel bad. And we thought, wow, what if we had story soup? so to speak, and we decided Chicken Soup because it had such a, an eclectic name. And sure enough, we're right, and a half billion books later, 500 million. I mean, it, it, you're right. It, uh, first of all, I am uh, deeply appreciative to God and good and, and mm-hmm. all the people that have read it and said, hey, I want to thank you guys for it. And, and I'm told that we help more sermons and uh, priest ministers and rabbis than almost any other single book series. And, and 
you know, we've got 274 books in our series. We've got a movie coming out this uh, next Christmas. It'll be what they call a chick flick. You know, <laughs> hopefully that'll work. And, and That's good. my goal now is, is outrageous, but, you know, because I teach big thinking. I, what the heck? Why don't we go for a million, a billion books, sorry? A million. <laughs> yes. I sound like the guy in that silly movie. Yeah. Well, you, you're so prolific. And when you wrote, again, when you and your partner wrote the book, did you have any idea that you were that much of a writer, that you had that much to say? Well, I, I knew I had a lot to say because my mother uh, was a great little articulate woman and, and uh, diminutive in size. And I used to listen, sit at her feet with my little brother and go, wow, she went on a different vacation we did, but hers was sure more fun. And I thought, someday I want to be an articulate storyteller. And then I studied people like Mark Twain. And I, I got to join the National Speakers Association as a founding member. And I heard the world's best speakers. And I thought, these stories have got to be shared. And then I did some multi-author books. I mean, like, first little book I did, you know, 40 years ago now, Stand Up, Speak Out, and Win. And I sold 20000 and made $200,000 the first year. And I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. I thought, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm speaking and writing. People are liking it. I'm loving it. I'm sailing high. I've got literally the wind beneath my wings. I want to do this for the rest of my life, and I still want to do it for the rest of my life, but I plan now to live to be 127 with options for renewal. How's that? <laughs> I would buy into that. I think I'd be very happy to receive that blessing. Well, as long as you've got a high-quality life, you want a high quantity of life, and I have one of the best qualities. I mean, I feel good. I've got an extraordinary... Uh, soulmate, twin flame wife, and a good business, and, and people love my books, and I get to do interviews with great guys like you, Steve. I mean, that's living really well, I think. I think so, too. Does your wife influence your writing at all? Uh, totally, totally. She is way beyond more brilliant than me, and in the future, you've got to have her on, and with Worthy, a publisher, our publisher for the book we're talking about today, The Miracles in You, she has just finished uh, Skinny Life, which comes out uh, shortly, so um, you know, you will find you will find her much more eclectically wise than the one you're talking to. <laughs> well, that's a, I love your laugh, by the way. That's uh, that's affecting. Thank you. I would love to interview your wife. We've got various episodes designed for women, and, and you know, this isn't going to air. I would love to to have her. It would be a great interview. Well, sir, let's let's begin to talk a little bit about this great new book you've written called "The Miracles in You." Tell me just a little bit of the inspiration behind it when you sat down at your blinking cursor on a WordPress document. What made you begin to flow in this book? Well, the, the deal is like what I said with Chicken Soup. We thought the soul of America, and then we discovered the soul of the world was in deep pride, high hurt. And then all of a sudden, you know, Worthy and we talked, and we said, wow, I think everybody wants a miracle. So I talked to about a quarter million people live literally around the world, China and India and Italy and all over the United States. We're talking in Vegas to 25,000 at church this Sunday. And I, I've talked my friend Olivia Newton-John into singing her newest song called God and Grace before me. So we're going to grace the people with God, Grace, and Miracles at uh, Paul Goulet's church and Pastor Paul. Anyhow, so um, I started asking people, would you raise your hand if you want a miracle? Well, all of them did. And then I said, well, do you think America needs a miracle? And what astounded me is that everybody stood up. They didn't even raise one hand or two hands. They literally physically stood up. And I said, wow, we really need miracles in the world. And then I started writing to it. And I thought, well, life is the greatest miracle. And Einstein, the smartest man ever, my teacher, Buckminster Fuller's teacher, when I was in grad school, said, hey, uh, either everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. So I thought, well, that makes sense to me. So everything's a miracle. And then I said, well, 
what do we got to do to get people into a miracle mindset? Because it didn't just happen 2,000 years ago for Christ and his peers and disciples and apostles, or and 6,000 years ago for Moses. What is it that's a miracle mindset? And I said, look, a miracle mindset takes a cha- an obstacle, turns it into a challenge, transforms it into a, an opportunity, and if you're in business like I am and an entrepreneur, you take it and make it valuable as a resource asset to turn into a profit. And right now we've got more people than ever, 7 billion of us, more problems. And where I live in California, we're out of water. We need 900 million gallons a day, and I own a desal and, and solar company. So we're just rocking this thing forward to say, hey, wait a second, let's use this miracle mindset and take all these problems because there's – I don't know, Steve, I'll bet if we're alone privately, you could tell me you've got some and you'd like some. Would you, let me do it this way. I'll ask you a question. Would you like a miracle in your life? Get your own podcast. You don't get to ask me questions. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think this is? <laughs> Sir, <laughs> I'm a walking need of miracle. That is good, man. <laughs> hey, uh, but if, if, are there any miracles you'd like to share that you would be willing to have the world listen to? I think we all start with uh, health miracles. Watching my first baby born, that was the first time I think I used the word. Give me a definition of a miracle. How do I know? You and I can describe what we think are miracles, and it may be kind of personal. But in general, when you're speaking, someone's going to ask you that question. How do you define a miracle? A miracle is an unusual, extraordinary event or achievement usually ascribed to God. And I only add one thing to Mr. Webster, and that may be the God in you. In other words, I think God gave us everything. I mean, Jesus said, greater is he or she that is in you than he or she that is in the world. I think that the whole world, the asset base has been given to us. We've all been given this infinite, extraordinary human potential with 18 billion brain cells, but they got to have leadership, and it's self-leadership that you know tells it what to do, and then say, go make this a miracle. And, and just because we're talking about my book, The Miracles in You, I mean, I started, like you said, with a blank page and a title, and it's so miraculous that I not only have a book, but at the very end we have, you know, 12 miracle scrolls. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to look at it. Yes, I've read your book. Wasn't it fun to read? I I hope it's a light, bright I read it too fast. I always do that. I have to read it to prepare. I'm a speed reader, but then I like to go back and really read it to absorb it. And So I know your seven scrolls, I know about them, but I want to go deeper with your book. If you don't mind, can I share one? Go. It says, I have unlimited potential. Now, this is for everybody listening. It's not just for Mark Victor Hansen and Steve Green, but it's everyone. I have unlimited potential to think, grow, develop. Only I can choose what I want to manifest. My potential hungers for my use. I can and will vastly increase my accomplishments a thousandfold. Now, that goes to Deuteronomy 111, as you know, for the benefit of all. I mean, what if you increase your podcast by a thousandfold, you know, from 100,000 uh, to 100 million? That is a serious amount of listenership, and yet the world needs what you've got to share, and the people that you share are sharing on your podcast, Steve. Well, I misspoke because I'm old. I said the seven miracles, and you've got 12 scrolls that I know about. So forgive my, yeah. my misspeaking, but tell me, of the 12, is there one that you think is fairly universal? Turns out that, you know, I the good privilege that I've had is travel around the country. I was just talking at a giant meeting in Dallas, and and uh, about 10 people said, look, the scroll that got me the most is the fifth scroll. It says, I expect miracles. I feel, mm-hmm. believe, and expect miracles. God promises are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God's miracles were fully displayed through Moses, David, Solomon, and Jesus. 
And what God has done for them, he will do through me. My future is miraculous. I have a miraculous certainty in business and in life. I'm certain that my problems are opportunities in disguise. I am here to become one of God's greatest miracles. I was created in God's image, and he, capital H, is in me. I feel the breath of God in me now and always. You know, you can't detach from God the good, it seems to me. I mean, based on my life, I mean, I just, I could not be more excited to be vibrantly alive and full of zest and vim, vigor, and vitality. And the people that aren't full of that, I just want to wake them up again. Amen. Just listening to you, I get fired up. I believe in miracles, obviously, as a pastor and as someone who uh, walks the walk. But at the same time, it's it's so great to have a partner, someone to believe with, and to read encouraging a book like yours. And I'm going to suggest that I don't know you. We haven't talked about this. But when you sat in front of that computer screen, this book probably flowed from you quicker than any book you've written. How true is that? Pretty true, because they said, hey, you got to get this done uh, faster <laughs> than normal. Because I, I wish I'd have a year to write a book, but people don't get me anymore. They think I'm smart or wise or whatever. I'm oh, to Mark, be. come on. I was setting you up for a miracle. It was a miracle how fast this book came By out way, of me. It, <laughs> it was a miracle. We finished it. And then back to your last comment before this one, Steve. Is it Andrew Carnegie, who I'm pretty scholarly in, and he's the guy that inspired Napoleon Hill to write Think You're Rich, but I've been to his house in New York at 95th and Broadway. Wow. He's a guy with a third-grade education, a benefacted 4,827 libraries in America. But the first thing he said is that authors are the wealth of the world. And that's sort of what I believe is because you can transform information from one person to another. And what he said is, hey, look, Jesus really pulled off his first miracle, water into wine at Canaan, when he had 12 disciples. So I, so I'm talking about Andrew Carnegie here, not me. Right. But Andy said, Dr. Carnegie said, "Hey, I," and he was given a lot of honorees, of course. But he said, Carnegie said, "Hey, wait a second, I need to just put together a team to get my dream." And he didn't use those words, but that was the essence of it. And that's exactly where we're at today: is that we need better teams and more people having bigger, better dreams, so we can take care of total humanity and, and take our, care of ourselves in a process better than we've ever done. You're listening to Charisma Connection. We're visiting with Mark Victor Hansen, the author of The Miracles in You. And Mark, after listening to you for the last several minutes, I have to believe that this started in your youth somewhere. It, it had to start when you were young. How did your youth shape this book? Well, I have the greatest parents, but they're illiterate. And, and my dad said, you're going to go create miracles, basically, in your own life. You're nine years old, and I can't afford to buy your clothes, so you go and figure out how to make money. So... I started by selling greeting cards and earned a dollar a box and sold 376 in one month. Then I got paper outs and cut lawns and everything else. And I took half that money and said, by the way, you're going to pay your own way through college. And I thought, wow, I thought that was your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, so I, I, learned, I learned that you are entitled to anything you create, which sort of goes along with the parable of the talents. What the big guy said is you're supposed to double your talents every year and you're you know, good and faithful. And if you bury your talent and, we can define talent as whether it's, you know, talent of money or talent of, of uh, your own ability, in my case, writing and speaking and thinking and entrepreneuring and marketing and all that, is that if, you know, you keep polishing it and making it better and brighter and bigger, you can source and serve the world in wonderful ways. And Jesus, you know, I, I went to two churches every Sunday, and what the big guy said was, the greatest amongst you is servant of all. So you and I are here to serve, and if you're going to serve greatly, then you get rewarded greatly, and hopefully I 
wrote a book called The Miracle of Tithing, which you'll love this as a pastor. <laughs> People say, what's the miracle of tithing? And I said, you haven't been tithed enough lately. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I want to steal that. That's good. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, I say, look, there are four parts to it. you got to tithe your thinking, time, talent, and treasures. And, you know, if everyone did really good thinking and tied back 10% of their thinking, we'd have no problems left in the world. I believe that. That's good. So, obviously, I want to know what you've seen or what, in your life, sir, what's been the biggest miracle that you've personally received? Well, obviously, I said life itself, but I, I think the fact is that I got the most extraordinary woman that I'm married to in the whole world. I mean, when I, I got divorced over a decade ago, and I wrote down 200, I really believe in goal setting as goal getting and goal achieving and all that. So I wrote down 267 things I needed in my ideal wife. She had to be totally monogamous. She had to have her own business be self-determining, have a happy disposition, you know, be interested in, in life and growth and travel and want to make sure if she had kids and I already had kids, you know, that our kids would uh, get along with each other. And it turns out, I never told her while we were uh, dating that, and before we married, is that, you know, hey, you hit 267 out of 267, which is probably dang near impossible, but it, it just, it fits for me. It, you know, it's, it's, it is my belief system. The Old Testament says, write a thing and make it clear, and it shall be established on you. Definite certainty. New Testament, Christ said, pray is that the thing for which you're praying, in this case, miracles, has been received, and you'll have it. She is the most miraculous experience in my life, and you've heard me talk about her several times. We've been married over a you know, pretty close to a decade, so, um, you know, it's not like most people run out of juice in their relationships after a short time, and I'm never going to run out of juice with her or her for me uh, for the rest of our lives. I mean, well, we're just you. totally simpatico and in sync. And I, and I really think that's what, you know, the Apostle Paul was saying is, you know, go find that right person and then get in intertwined beingness going. So how many things were on your list? Uh, 267. And they're all in the book. I put them in the book because I thought, wouldn't this be a cool idea if people... Because most people... Remember when you're a teenager, you know, or you, your kids were teenagers? Oh, I just want a good-looking woman or a handsome man or a hunk of hunk. You go, what? That's not enough. Right. The intangibles are more important than the tangibles. What do you estimate? What is your estimate of the number of lives you've impacted by your writing? Wow, that is a lovely question. Uh, you know, when when Jack and I are in India, we're told to pass along by because there aren't bookstores there. Uh, it's about 12, so one book shows up with 12. Wow. And, you know, we have 15,000 people show up at a time usually. And in, in China, I usually have 12 to 20,000 show up. And there, it's all communist. So uh, the only bookstores are the state. And here's what's amazing is that here's a state. Communism means atheism. And, and uh, the people aren't. The country, the ideology is. I, I want to make sure that's clear. The people are deeply, profoundly spiritual. And while they come to my meetings, because I also wrote books like One Minute Millionaire and Cash and Flash and the Richest Kids in America, they come to the meetings for business, but the only questions they ask, Steve, and it's going to be hard to believe for everyone listening, I'm sure, too, is that they ask my wife and I exclusively spiritual questions. They ask, you know, how do you get a deeper relationship with God? And, you know, in the old days, I've been going to China now for 19 years trying to bring back all that money that uh, we've sent over there with Walmart and all these country companies. And what's amazing to me is that uh, these people ask spiritual questions, and, and thank God, you know, we pray, sort of like the Apostle Paul said, that you'll, you know, pray without ceasing, and they said you'll have the instantaneous answer that you need to source and serve that person and the whole audience. 
and it just it is astounding to me. See, spirit is everywhere, and I think you know, free enterprise is going to end communism, get people to be able to have churches again. Which, unfortunately, Mao was a terrible man and killed seventy-two million people and killed all the priest ministers, rabbis, and and in Buddhism, it's called a rinpoche. So they killed those guys too. So it's just it's a terrible atrocity. We're twenty minutes in. We're 20 in. I've got a few more relevant questions. I won't keep you much longer. What did you expect for length? What, what's your schedule? I, I'm here as long as you want me. I just, I love doing these interviews. I just, and I, they help so many people because we get, you know, at our Zenith, we get 5,000 letters a day sometimes. And I, you know, we try to glance as many of them as we can that, that right. are relevant to the places I can help. And it's, what's astounding to me is that the people that say, oh, I heard you on, you know, Steve Green's show and it just, it changed my life. And you go, Oh, man, because, I mean, this stuff is electric. It it plugs people in, and they go, hey, wait a second, I don't have to be down, despondent, disconsolate, depressed, uptight. I can go out and be fulfilled and have a destiny, and I can go out and do something. And Mark and Steve just gave me the power to pull it off, and that's what we're doing on this show. And that's why I do it. You know, we're at a place where podcasting is just another theater of the mind. Remember old school radio we heard radio stories, and, and we believe that mobile is the way to reach more people, and the way to do mobile yep. is with podcasting. And I just believe that as a marketer and as a, a man that's trying to help more people, that we can do it through their phones more than we can their desktop. Well, there's just, I, I want to touch on just that. There are, you know, this smartphone like I'm holding right now talking to you here in California is only invented in 2007 by our friend Steve Jobs, and he said, I'll get 5% of the market. We now have 7 billion, that's spelled with a B, cell phones around the world. We have more cell phones than we've got toilets in the world. Almost everyone's got them in the poorest place like Bangladesh, you know, or, or the poorest part of India, Kerala. Everyone has got a cell phone, and they all can plug into the whole world now, thanks to Wi-Fi and all the wonderful technology we have. And for the first time, that outreach is unstoppable, which makes it so exciting because we have all these great things. I can go through the laws like Gordon Moore's law, but the bottom line is on, on technology, it goes up to a satellite 22,000 miles back and forth, and it does it in a nanosecond. That's one one millionth of a second at the speed of light. And you go, we're, we're dealing with the technology that never existed before. Isn't it wonderful? Yes. We're interviewing right now Mark Victor Hansen, the author of The Miracles in You, and just after the break, I'm going to ask him about the most important miracle or the greatest miracle that he's seen or witnessed in the life of someone else. Just after the break, come back and hear how Mark Victor Hansen answers the question relative to the miracles in you. This podcast is brought to you by PeopleKeys.com. If you're looking for an online tool that can help you put the right people in the right places for effective ministry, I encourage you to visit peoplekeys.com backslash charisma. The People Keys Biblical Personality Style Report will help you improve communication, maximize effectiveness, and you'll just get your people plugged into areas of ministry that match their God-given personality styles. It's a really cool report that'll help you get more out of your team. To learn more and take your free Biblical Personality Report, just check out peoplekeys.com backslash charisma. One more time, it's peoplekeys.com backslash charisma. And thank you for sponsoring this program. So I I promised you just before the break that we would ask Mark Victor Hansen about the miracles in you who just 
uh, is about to release that book. In fact, Mark, when does it come out, or is it out? It is, it is out just a few days, so we're thankful. And the greatest, I want to do a couple of different iterations of the greatest miracle. Okay. In in health, because you'd asked about health way early in the show, is that we have my wife's best friend in the world. She grew up with her since they were like four years old, and her husband Walt. Uh, needed a new kidney, and everyone gets two, and, and there were no matches and, and match lists. Usually you got to wait two to three years. And finally, she just went back to the doctor and said, hey, look, check my kidney. You never check my kidney, and it, her kidney was good, and he would be dead the next day. She gave her husband, who she loves, Janet, gave Walt a kidney, and to me, that is the miracle of sharing life because, you know, if you'll do something like that, that says there could not be more true, deep, profound love than, you know, risking your own life to save your spouse. I just, that touches me. It, as, as That's that. As a business, we had a lady, uh, a friend of ours now, but that I did not know, three kids, lovely Hispanic woman, Deborah Sada Shaw's walking through Target store. Three times my book, The Aladdin Factor, How to Ask One and Get Anything You Want, fell at her feet. And she said, okay, God, I got the message. You want me to take this book and buy it and read it for some reason? I will read it even though I can't really afford to buy a book right now. She buys the book, goes home and reads it, and it says, whatever business you're in, figure out how to improve it and make a profit on it. When she gets home, she tripped, and she was carrying an umbrella. It was raining like where you are now in Orlando. And, and sure enough, wouldn't you guess, she said, that's it. Take a problem, turn it into an opportunity, and cash it. And, and she put a light bulb in the umbrella, sold the whole program after she sold the gazillion uh, things and, and sold it for like $306 million, and is now one hundred most powerful hedge fund operators on the planet. So it just is simply amazing what one human being can do with just one idea. That is a miracle. That is a miracle. So it begs the question, Mark, do you see a difference between a supernatural miracle and a natural miracle? Wow. I, I, first of all, I've never addressed the question, so if I stumble through this, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. And if you've got a better answer, you can send me an answer just at Mark Victor Answers, Newport Beach, California. It'll get to me. But I, I, we call supernatural miracles like the stuff that Moses did, like parting of the Red Sea. But I think, you know, parting, this guy would have been parted from life if he didn't get a new mm, kidney that good. I just talked about. So is it natural or supernatural? I mean, God gave that woman the idea, hey, uh, Janet, you know, go in and see if your kidney fits. We've tested everybody else. Nobody else in the family or brothers don't, mom, dad doesn't. All the people, there's a waiting list, can't pull this off. So I, I don't know if that's not supernatural. I, you know, we'd say it's natural. She's a natural human being, and Moses was a natural human being, although he was God-inspired. But I believe all of us can be God-inspired, and, and like John Wellesley once said, you know, I'm on fire, and people just watch me burn, and that's why I got the biggest congregation at the time. I guess that's 100 years ago on the planet. I respect your answer. I think it's a great answer, and certainly if you weren't expected to answer it. But I want to go back to the kidney story and say that, well, what if she'd been touched by God in such a special way that, that he didn't need the transplant, that the kidney was healed, it's better? Is is that a supernatural miracle? By the way, yeah, and we've got a lot of those happening. I mean, you know, I was talking at one of the big churches in, in uh, Denver, and I arrived there at 8 o'clock in the morning, and little girl's all bent over with scoliosis, and, and uh, the minister says, uh, hey, Mark, do you believe in, in uh, Make-A-Wish? I said, yeah, that was one of the first stories we ever did in Chicken Soup of the Soul called Bopsy. said, well, this girl's dying wish. She's going to die of cancer in three days. 
And um, her name is Amy Graham, and her, she's standing here with her mom and dad. And her dying wish, because she loves you and loves your books and listens to all your tapes, and she's only 13 years old, you know, can she come to the seminar? I'm like, oh, man, I, you know, I make a wish with something. I thought you wanted to go be with a celebrity or go to Disneyland, but not come to see Mark Victor Hansen talk. Anyhow, she um, attended the seminar that afternoon. We had like 5,000 people there, and I had them all rub up their hands because I didn't know anything better to do. And I said, look, let's, as a group, send – uh, Amy energy. Well, three days later, she's in spontaneous remission. Now, is that natural or supernatural? All I did is, is facilitate it and all the stuff laying on hand healing, which I believe in totally, you know, suggests that 5% of us have that kind of juice. So out of 5,000 people, you know, it was 10% be 500. So it was 250 people had that kind of stuff. And I don't know which one of them electrified her. And, you know, cause God gives all of us a multiplicity of different talents all I can say is that she now has three kids. She lives in San Diego, you know, not about an hour and a half south of where I live. And is, you know, we've been in touch and, and she's doing spectacular and thanks me for giving her back her life and her total health. Now, I didn't do anything except say, hey, everybody, rub up your hands, send energy toward her and, and say that God in you is sending energy to God in Amy Graham. And let's see if we can't uh, source her to a healing instantly. And bingo, it happened. I mean, I just, I could not be... I was dumbfounded. How's that? That's an amazing story. I, I think you've expanded my definition of miracle. I think when I hear oh, hear the word miracle, I think supernatural. That's just what cool. what I've been conditioned let's have to believe. Natural miracles, and let's all be able to do them. And and by the way, I said to you, I could talk forever, and I I can. And let's do this again soon. But right now, I'm supposed to be on a, a conference call, and I um on, on something else, and I apologize. They just came That's in okay. and told me, it reminded me of my own. But I'm having nothing but fun with you, Steve, and, and your audience. I wish all of you – the way I sign my letters now is I, what I wish for all of you. Blessings of miracles, ladies and gentlemen. You deserve them. If you desire them, you can go out and manifest them. And I want to hear from you. Go to Miracles of Mark Victor Hansen. Tell me what your miracles are or have been or will be that you want to have. Is that the website you'd like to leave us with? Say it one more time. Sorry. Yeah, miraclesofmarkvictorhansen.com. Yep. You've been listening to Charisma Connection with – Mark Victor Hansen in his great book, The Miracles in You. Mark, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. God bless, bless you. you. You too. Bye. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.